0: Hello, and welcome to SEO Is Not That Hard. Your host, Ed Dawson, the founder of keywordspeopleuse.com, the solution to finding the questions people ask online. In today's episode, I'm going to cover the journey of how I got into SEO. Let's get started. So we'll start at the beginning. How did I get into SEO? Well, it all dates back to the 1980s, when, as a kid, age nine, in 1985, I got... um my first computer, which was a Commodore 64, for Christmas after, god, it must have been two, three years of badgering my parents that I wanted a computer, and they finally gave in, and yeah, I got a Commodore 64, and that that eight old 8-bit computer was my start into computing. And I graduated onto a Commodore Amiga later, um, but back in those days, while well, I did, Try a little bit of programming. I was mainly just playing games like most kids my age. I think we all persuaded our parents that getting us a computer would turn us into these new brilliant programmers. Uh, but other than some basic stuff, uh, most of us just played games. So, heading off into my teens, yeah, I became a bit of a tearaway. I didn't much like school. I did alright, I did well, but I didn't want to stay past 16. and Because back then, that was... You could leave and just get a job back in the early 90s. But I left, and the summer after leaving, my mum came and kicked me out of bed one afternoon, probably, because, yeah, being a teenager, I didn't get up early. And she said, you've got to do something. So I went off to our local sixth-form college and interviewed for a load of different courses. They didn't offer A-levels, which is what would have been the traditional thing to do, but they, they just did these things called BTECs, which still exist, although they might have a different name now, which are more, I suppose, vocational-based, and they were like single subjects. So I did an interview for engineering and an interview for computer studies, and to be honest, I just like the guy who interviewed me for computer studies the best. His name was Guy Frost. Um, I don't know what he's up to nowadays. He's probably quite old now. And yeah, so I decided to do his course, and that's where I really actually learned to program. I actually really enjoyed my two years there. It was yeah, it was a, it was a nice relaxed atmosphere. We just did everything computing, I learned Turbo Pascal and COBOL two languages. Most people probably never heard of Turbo Pascal. COBOL was very big in the nineteen sixties and seventies. So yeah, after doing um, two years there, uh, and I got I completed the course, uh, got a good grade, and um, got accepted into Newcastle University. Uh, to do a, a computer science degree, which I went to primarily because it was a long way from home, and I wanted to get as far away from home as possible. Which is ironic, given that I now live only about four or five miles away from where I grew up. Um, so, but yeah, that was my, my main motivation back then was to get as far away as possible. And yeah, that's where I got my first real taste of the internet. I remember first the first one of the first induction lessons lectures we had there they introduced us to the world wide web which i don't think i'd ever seen before then i think i'd heard of it read of it but you yeah, in magazines back then because obviously we didn't read on the internet we just had magazines and uh, yeah so the world wide web and it was the mosaic browser if i remember right and i remember thinking yeah this looks pretty cool and yeah that's where i got my first basic introduction to the internet creating web pages and doing some pretty cool stuff, which yeah, you'd only get to do at university, and it was a, kind of a bit of a brave new world then. But it didn't; it wasn't really that commercialised back then. But that's where I first got into it. I spent a lot of time um, on internet relay chat, which was IRC, one of the first ever sort of online chat um, applications. So that's when I got my first modem uh, on my PC, uh, which you know we were very unusual. My in my student house because I was a computer studi- uh, computer science student we could access the internet by dialing into the university. So I got a modem, and yeah, we could actually access the internet from home, which was very unusual back in sort of 94, 95 time. But yeah, no, we did. I spent a lot of time there. But it was mainly just mucking about. So after graduating, I got a job at the University of Derby, working on their student record system, which was, to be fair, quite dull. But, you know, it was it was a good first job. And after cut that, so we'll come back here. So I was working on the student record system, but in my spare time I was playing around with web stuff, um, trying to create database driven websites. Um and I actually got playing about with linking the student record system um to web pages so that so that we could display so we could display student records directly through a web browser so that students could see their own information, update their own information, which was quite novel back at the time. We're talking around about 2000, 1999, 2000 now. And in the end, I ended up leading a team who built what was called Udo, the University of Derby Online, which was one of the first systems uh, that we knew of where students could actually, at a university could actually access and manage their own um, information online via the web, which obviously saved a huge amount of administration time. Um, for the university, so that was really cool. Now, long about this time, I've been oh yeah, I've been working at Derby Uni for must have been, I think it was five years at the time. um Now, while I'd had a great time, I realized that there were lots of other people who were lots of colleagues who'd been there for quite a long time, and these people I started to refer to as lifers. I could see that they were only ever going to work there, and they weren't going anywhere. And I decided, you know, I was only in my early twenties, and I didn't want to spend the rest of my life working there. No disrespect to anyone that did. If that's your choice, that's your choice. But I wanted to do a little more. So that's when um, I ended up getting a job at a digital agency in uh, yeah the early two thousands. And my you know role there was the head of development. So the idea being, as so I you know, I looked after all the developers in the agency and worked on pitches and things like that. And they had some great clients, household names like BAFTA, Cineworld Cinemas, Interflora, Tesco, a large number of airlines, all sorts. It was a really complete change from working in the university sector. But at this time, more and more of their clients who originally just created, I think in many cases, they created websites without any real reason. They were just because it was the thing to do. A lot of them started asking about search engine optimization, SEO. And I remember one of the directors coming to me and saying, right, Ed, you are now the SEO expert. And that meant I had to learn what on earth that meant and how to actually start improving. So that's really when I got into SEO because I was just told, you've got to get into SEO. So now I've been tasked with becoming the SEO expert. Where do do I start? Well, I looked around and found a fantastic forum called seochat.com which was a online forum which um, was a great resource uh, it had hugely active members at the time you could get advice and answers round the clock and some of the names that were on there at the time you, you'll recognize now if you uh, get into seo people like rand fishkin who founded seomoz barry schwartz who was known as rusty brick and who is um, founded search engine roundtable and Marie Haynes, who's now well known for helping people recover from Google penalties. My name on there was Channel 5, which is why my Twitter handle is Channel 5. You see, people didn't really use real names so much back then. Marie was one of the rare ones to actually use her real name. And yeah, I used Channel 5, which is a nickname I'd used online prior to that. It was when I first went on a, a chat forum. Uh, I think back in the AOL days, around at a friend's house, and I had to choose a, a nickname and I was their address was five the channel, so I just used the nickname Channel Five, and I've used it ever since for probably about heading towards thirty years now. So anyway, but yeah, this was uh, this forum was where I basically discovered everything SEO. There were all shades of SEO in there, um, from black hat, grey hat, white hat, but it was very friendly and welcoming domain. But suddenly it closed down in 2019, but it had really been in decline for a long time before then with platforms like Twitter and Facebook taking away from it. But that's where I got my grounding in SEO. So to be fair to SEO chat, yeah, that's where I took a lot of information, asked a lot of questions, and that's what we put into practice with our clients at the digital agency, and it really worked. We really got some fantastic results. So I went from being knowing nothing about SEO to being told I was the SEO expert to actually learning how to do SEO and, and implement it for clients. So that's the basic story of how I came from a child of the 80s with the 8-bit computers, then onto PCs, doing computer studies and computer science, getting into web stuff and then learning SEO. But where do we go from there? I'll cover in a future episode how I went from doing SEO for clients, but then realizing there's a lot of power in here in being able to rank websites, why not do it for myself, and build my own websites and my own business on from that so that's what we'll cover in a future episode now if you listening to this and saying to yourself i want to get into seo but i don't have a technical background i don't know how to program i had have my stories completely different to this but don't worry because you know that's just my story and maybe 20 years ago it did help to have a technical background to get into seo but nowadays it's just not the case i think probably it's becoming more of a rarity to have an actual technical background to get into SEO nowadays and with platforms available nowadays like WordPress, Shopify and others which just weren't available back in those days you had to literally write everything from scratch and create things from scratch in many cases that's just not that's not a problem anymore you can get set up no code you can get a website going and you don't need to be technical at all but to get your SEO right yeah anyone can do that if they know what to look for and what to do. That's what we'll cover over coming episodes. Thanks for listening. As always, I really appreciate it. Please subscribe and share. It really helps. SEO is not that hard. It's brought to you by keywordspeopleuse.com, the solution to finding the questions people ask online. See why thousands of people use us every day. Try it today for free at keywordspeopleuse.com. If you want to get in touch or have any questions, I'd love to hear from you. I'm at Channel 5 on Twitter, or you can email me at podcast at keywordspeopleuse.com. Bye for now. See you in the next episode of SEO is not that hard.